LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. I am Matt Love. This is Ask Me Anything. I am here asking J.D. Greer difficult, challenging, theological, philosophical, all sorts of questions. And and J.D., today we have a question that um, I think is a very important one, especially, I think, as the church tries to think for how do we engage with and disciple people that have same-sex attraction. And the question today is, may Christians with same-sex attraction have non-sexual romantic relationships? May Christians with same-sex attraction have non-sex romantic relationships? Yes. Well, let's give a little bit of the background there, that there we understand that part of the fall was that we are all born um, really with a t- kind of sexual dysfunction. I- I've heard Albert Moeller say that, that it affects us differently, but it seems to be one of the areas most affected by the fall, uh, that um, our sexual desires are twisted. And for some people, that comes out in... And a seeming inability to be satisfied with one sexual partner for life, you know, so that even after you marry the, the woman of your dreams, you still find yourself, your heart one, that that's a, that's a type of sexual dysfunction because that's not how we were created to be. Um, people with, uh, whether it's pornography addictions or the fact that we're even open to pornography, which is just such a perverse way of thinking about sex is it's just all evidence of that. Well, some people that manifest in same sex attractions, and those same sex attractions are a type of sexual dysfunction. It's a deviation from uh, from the the created order, but it's not something necessarily that you're able to just turn on and off like a light bulb. And so there are many faithful Christians who said, "I believe what God's word says about you know sex and sexual desire belongs between a man and a woman in a context of marriage." But I still find myself attracted to people of the same sex, so. Uh, what do I do with that? I can't seem to just make that go away. And I've heard, you know, different um, believers talk about like being in a posture of uh, one calls it washed and waiting. Like I've been forgiven of that sin and I'm a new creation in Christ and I'm waiting on the full redemption of my body. Matt, I experienced that in other ways. Um, I may, you know, I, I long for the day that I no longer instinctively feel jealous feelings toward people who succeed more than me. I know jealousy is wrong. I have repented of it, but sometimes it just, it just comes and it, you know, and, and I'm like, I'm longing for the day when I open my eyes in eternity and that jealousy is no longer there. And some of our our Christian brothers and sisters, genuinely born again, that still have these things, they're they're waiting for the redemption of their bodies. And that's 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 a reality. There are some, there are some that when they receive Christ or or things, you know, they happen in their life, that they actually their desires change. And I know that's a little bit of a controversial statement, but I've heard too many stories of people that yeah. that God actually healed them of this. But it's not everybody's experience. Some mm-hmm. Christians um, may have these desires until they die, and those desires may be exclusive, like they, they're not attracted to somebody of the opposite sex, so they don't get married, um, but they, they choose to remain celibate. And they say, just like you're not going to act on your jealousy, I'm not going to act on this desire because I recognize this desire is contrary to the, uh, to the will of God. So the question then becomes, well, what if, um, if sex is the thing that we kind of put the boundary around and say you can be celibate um, as someone with same-sex attraction, uh, what if we just say that you're in a committed, 
let's just call it romantic relationship where you've really given your life to somebody, but you're just going to not have sex together. And um, what about that? Well, you know, there's a few people that have really helped me in thinking about this. One's a guy named Sam Albury. Sam says, he says, friendship is different than marriage. Marriage and friendship are not just two versions of the same type of love. They're very different. Friendship is not just a less intense version of marriage. You can't just take the sex out of a romantic relationship and call it a friendship. And so marriage, it's, it's not just a sexual relationship. It's, it's a different kind of love. Marriage, by definition and necessity, has to be exclusive. In fact, it's covenantal. I'm actually, I'm actually covenanting with you that I'm going to have a relationship where I give myself to you in a way different than I give myself to everybody else. Um, when it's not exclusive, its very essence is violated. That's just not the case with friendship. Friendship doesn't require exclusivity. My friendship with even my closest friends isn't threatened by the growth of a similar friendship with somebody else. Um, friendship isn't exclusive. Friendship often flourishes precisely because it wasn't meant to be exclusive. So when you try to turn friendship into something exclusive, like a civil union of, of types, then, then we're talking about changing it from friendship to something quasi-marital. C.S. Lewis talked about a group of, of three guys that he got together with, the Inklings, and how when one of them died, he actually he actually felt like he knew less of hmm. his best friend because there was a part of his best friend that only this other guy who had passed away was able to bring out of him. And so um, you know, Lewis says that kind of friendship is is grouped together and it's it's banded together looking out to the world. You can be close to, to friends in different capacities, but it's not inherently exclusive. So when somebody with the same-sex attraction says, I've got an exclusive relationship with somebody, but it's non-sexual, being non-sexual is kind of beside the point. The moment it becomes romantic, then we're talking about confusing two different categories of relationship, and we're talking about pursuing friendship in a framework that was ultimately designed for a covenantal relationship. The result, which what do you call it? Marriage without benefits. I've heard friends with benefits call it marriage without benefits becomes an unstable compound, something that just by its nature, you will struggle for it to remain non-physical because that kind of exclusivity God has designed us so that it needs to be matched by a, by a physical component. What makes Christian sex, sex in Christian terms, holistic is that it's oneness in, in every way. I mean, your, your lives have been covenanted into, into one, your souls have fused into one, and so it's natural for your bodies to fuse into one. And when you remove any parts of those relationships without the other, you're creating something that is subhuman. So when people have sex outside of marriage, they're, they're, they're doing physical union without soul union and life union. Well, in, if you reverse it, you've got life union and soul union without sexual union, you're still tearing apart the human soul. So Matt, I think the answer to that is... No, there can't be a non-sexual romantic relationship. But let me just close by saying this. We can't think that keeping things, keeping a same-sex person, keeping relationships in the category of friendship means that they have to live without any kind of, of intimacy. Um, scripture shows us that, that, that friendships don't, don't need exclusivity. They don't need improper physicality in order to become genuine and deep. I mean, Jesus was intimate with his disciples. It wasn't sexual, it wasn't romantic, but there was a soul connection that he had. And, and that's what was going on in his heart. That was deep, meaningful friendship. And I would say, while not living with romance and sex is, is definitely a, a burden to bear, um, there are types of friendship and connection that are 
non-sexual and non-covenantal and romantic that can still be a, a great blessing to somebody as they pursue a path of celibacy, if that's what uh, what God has called them to in being holy before before the Lord. JD, I think that last that last part is really good because obviously with a question like this, there's the question on the there's the question on the surface and the question under the surface, and I think what you just said there speaks to the question under the surface, which is if I choose to follow God in this what does intimacy and friendship and, you know, relationship really look like in a healthy way? Yeah. And I tell people if it helps you, every time you pray, you're praying to a 33 year old single adult in, in a sense, because that's what Jesus lived on earth. And so he understands hmm. and he, he, he lived more full and a robust fulfilled life than any of us ever have. And he never had earthly romance or sex. And so those things are just pale comparisons of ultimate relationships that Jesus said would be found in the church through non-romantic, non-sexual intimacy and connection in friendship. That's really good. Um, well, if you enjoy this podcast, uh, we would love it if you give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we are also excited to share that the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast has just joined the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. This new podcast uh, is about practical, actionable tips from real life stories in leadership and ministry. So you can just look up Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. And we will see you next time on Ask Me Anything.